Hello and welcome to Overvolted. I am your host, Kirk Johnson. Today we have Donnie and Alex with us. How's it going, guys? Present. Well, we finally had the announcement from AMD for their 5000 series Ryzen CPUs, and they actually gave us a little bit of a teaser on the new Radeon RX 6000 series gaming GPUs. So let's go ahead and jump into the most detailed part of the matter, the new Ryzen CPUs. So we'll start off with slide two. It's titled Disrupting Desktop Performance it shows the Cinebench R15, rather than R20 even, but R15. And we actually did get to see what these scores are. And it shows that dramatic increase for the third gen desktop. And they actually claimed a new world record. They're saying, oh, what, 631, I believe it was, for this new, I think it was on the 5900X that they used on that bench, not even the 5950X. Mm-hmm. And they have this recap slide showing their generation to generation improvements, the 52% IPC and then 15. And this one they claim significant IPC uplift with Zen 3. And we know it actually is about 19%, give or take, depending on the application. And of course, we have the uh, 2X direct access L3 cache, which is basically just the unified L3 instead of having multiple CCXs, that kind of thing. It's just one big eight core chip now on those CCDs. Yeah, so you don't you don't have to deal with the crosstalk that uh, you would previously where you'd wait on the um, the Infinity Fabric to uh, send data back and forth. Yeah, that, that was the big problem that we were seeing with Zen, Zen Plus, and 2. It was that inter-CPU core latency. It, when you were going in those little four-core CCXs, it wasn't too bad, but as soon as it had to hit that infinity fabric to go over to the other four cores on the same chiplet, mm -hmm. then you had a significant drop in performance. And then having to go out to the IO die to get back to the other chiplet made it even worse, right? So multiple CCDs. Which they kind of fixed with, uh, they did their best to sort of put a patch on it with Zen 2 by sticking all of that cache on there. Oh yeah, it, it hasn't really been an issue with Zen 2. I think they made it so much better and it just hasn't really been a big issue. It still made them suffer a lot in gaming performance. And that actually brings us down to the what, slide seven they're showing the unified cache and then if we keep going they start to talk about efficiencies and 2.8x more efficient than the i9 1090k i'm a little suspicious in that claim honestly i i took a lot of these these claims at face value but this one i i'm a little suspicious on it honestly well it just depends on what they define as efficient you know, mm -hmm. you remember their uh, 50x efficiency, their goal that they had where they isolated <laughs> it to a particular program and all that? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> it just depends on what your claim to efficiency is. But if we go down, we have slide 11. This shows 1080p gaming performance. You know how a lot of people have been benchmarking games, even though they're on, you know, the 3080, 3090 stuff, they're still benchmarking at 720p to get the CPU impact, right? Mm -hmm. they're showing here 1080p high image quality all these games 
especially like League of Legends and such, where AMD had traditionally suffered compared to Intel. And so Intel has always had that kind of 5%, 10% even lead mm-hmm. in a lot of games and sometimes dramatically more so in others. I know a whole lot of people who um, swore by Intel chips still because they played CSGO a lot. Yeah. And with this, a 46% uplift between the 3900 XT. Mind you, it's the XT, not just the 3900X. So slightly, slightly better. Very slightly better. 1%. (laughs) That that should be, at least in terms of gaming, the best case scenario for uh, Zen 3. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, Zen 2, Mm -hmm. uh, in comparison to Zen 3 here. So, um, yeah, those are really nice uh, uplifts. I mean, just for me, as somebody who reviews graphics cards and and uses a Ryzen test bench, uh, seeing that uplift in Far Cry New Dawn of 22%, where I know that that game is severely memory latency limited with Ryzen, and compares, uh, sorry, compared to, uh, say, an Intel test system, that's a big deal to me, and definitely gets me excited to get my hands on one of these. And when you move down to slide 13, that's where you really see the really, like, how significant these gains are because it's compared to a 10900K instead of a previous generation Ryzen chip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Far Cry New Dawn is 2% faster on the thir- on the 5900X than even a 10900K. So it's not, in that title, they're not just matching Intel's gaming performance, they're taking a lead. I mean, 2% isn't a lot, but for a game that they were really struggling in, like like Far Cry, that's a pretty big deal. Well, if you look at League of Legends, they're at 21% on this slide. On the previous one, they were at 52 over their, no, 50 over their previous 3900 XT. And so that says they were, what, 30, 29% behind in the charts. Yeah. And oh, now, yeah. now they're 21% ahead. I mean, that is a huge leap. I know that there are some people watching this or listening to this right now saying, yeah, but it's League of Legends and Counter-Strike. There are people who have 300, you know, plus hertz monitors that demand that the frame rate never drops below that. You mean like that new 360 hertz monitor that came out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, there are people that did buy those things, and they care about this a lot. Something else I'd like to point out about these slides in terms of gaming performance, though, is you see, like you said, League of Legends is 21% increase. But compare that to a similar game like Dota 2, and it's a plus 6% increase. Mm-hmm. Of course, Dota 2 uses Vulkan, and so that game scales much better across diff- across multiple cores than, than League mm-hmm. of Legends, which is predominantly going to be single core. But that 6% is over the 10900K, whereas they're actually 24% over the 3900 XT. And so they've actually went from an 18% deficit to a 6% performance gain or uh, advantage, I guess. So I think this is a pretty significant gain for them and something Intel may not have actually been able to foresee. Yeah, I mean, well, to me, the, the highlight of the show really, though, is probably Total War Three Kingdoms. They're faster than Intel in a game that, like, Intel helped, as I recall, Intel has helped design the benchmark for total war games uh yeah um i don't know if that's still true for three kingdoms but i don't think much has changed in terms uh, of how they rome do that. 2 rome 2 and attila were intel sponsored i think three kingdoms was also intel sponsored well they were still pretty close in three kingdoms though they were six percent advantage over the 3900 xt and now they're one percent ahead of the 10900k 
which means they were five percent behind, which is by far not the the game they were the most behind in kind of thing. So it, to have a marginal gain in that, it's a pretty heavy game to begin with. So any kind of increase is a significant one, but to be as far behind as they were in these high frame rate games that put a lot of demand on the bandwidth and sheer gigahertz of a CPU like CSGO and League of Legends. I mean, those are the ones that they needed to gain in the most because those are the ones that were heralded as look how crappy this CPU is and be able to shove all of this data through it because look, they can't even handle these games that are, you know, putting all of this strain on the CPU. Yeah, well, another thing to keep in mind, though, is that all these tests are at high image quality. And so I wouldn't be surprised if if they're faster, like in Total War at high, than the 10900K, then that uh, disparity is probably going to increase as you lower uh, the quality and put more stress on the CPU, essentially. So um, to uh, to kind of chime in on this myself, because I benchmarked uh, Three Kingdoms with the the uh, Ryzen 3 3300X and the uh, the Core i5 um, a couple months ago. Their Intel did have a pretty solid lead over um, over the AMD parts previously when you actually got into a heavy uh, situation in the game. The, the battle test is something I don't really like to do because it's not really indicative of game performance, but the performance jump there is, is nice, and you, you saw a pretty big jump between the 3300X and the 3600X, which is partially because of the way that the core is configured, because it's a single CCX design. Yeah. I also think it's interesting that they're still slower in Battlefield Five. That's one of the areas I thought they would probably take the lead in as well. Well, no, because I, I think Battlefield is pretty well optimized for the uh, the architecture, uh, the way that it's been. I, I think that just Battlefield might just desire more out of the CPU and pull things that they don't that AMD might not necessarily have. Maybe they use AVX 512. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would be really funny. That would be really funny. But but Dice has always been a fantastic developer, so I, I, I don't think the uh I don't think the 10900K supports AVX 512. I don't think those parts do actually. Yeah, no. I think you're I think you're right. Somebody in the comments is going to be really mad at us and say, oh, how come you guys don't know this? Guys, I, I forget this stuff sometimes, and this stuff gets a little confused. Before I write reviews, though, I take a refresher course. Yeah, I guess that is one thing to say is we're not sitting here with pages and pages of notes running off of a script. We are literally giving you an off-the-cuff, our thoughts on what we're seeing here. It, it gets a little bit too stiff if you do it the other way, honestly. Let's go ahead and look at slide 15 this is probably the biggest shock, I guess, of the entire presentation. And while it was a little bit of a shock not having these parts come in at the same prices as the previous gen, it wasn't necessarily unexpected, right? Because Intel really hasn't had an answer to any of these Ryzen chips at all. They've come out with a couple of more cores, attempted to get a little bit higher clocks, but they're pretty much the only thing they had as their claim to fame was gaming. And based on these charts that they've shown us so far, that's gone away. And now AMD is going to be kind of the de facto recommendation, even for gaming. And so 
they're going to exploit that a little bit. And they gave a $50 bump across the board and eliminated some of the, uh, I guess, cannibalizing skews. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if they eliminated them. Um, they definitely didn't them. announce them. I think yeah, they, we probably list. won't see them until next year kind of stuff because Nvidia released their 3080. Why didn't they release their 3070 on the same day? Because they don't want mm-hmm. to cannibalize the cells, right? Mm-hmm. And why don't yeah. we see a 3060? Because they don't want to cannibalize the cells. And that's why we're not seeing the cheaper end showing up here, like a 5600 non-X kind of stuff. And Black Friday's coming up. They're probably going to clear out a lot of the channel of the 3000 series, 2000 series kind of stuff. I I definitely see what they're doing, and they're just doing the cash grab thing. They're a company that's making money, and that's what all they are. They're not a, a charity. They don't want to just give you this stuff for free. I would have hoped that they wouldn't go quite the Intel route, and so far they haven't because you know they're not charging us $2,000 for eight cores, right? <laughs> you know, you you uh you did a really good job in in uh in pointing a lot of this stuff out, Kirk. The the truth is I think we're going to see pricing that is a little more normalized after you know, the end of the year. Um I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that um AMD still has a lot of, of third-gen stock, especially considering the fact that they released a XT part, you know, what, four months ago? Mm-hmm. They did the XT refresh. Mm-hmm. What I find is odd, though, is the complete lack of, of cooling for the at least the, the Ryzen 7 part. I mean, you could make the argument with the 12-core that they're a little unwieldy. I mean, my my 3900X is very, very loud with the stock cooler. And I suppose if the 3800X has the same TDP and the same sort of power draw, it could be just as bad with the the inbox stock cooler. But I don't know. It just feels odd. And and I honestly think the 5800X is probably the least attractive option of all of this hardware here. I, I'm not sure what the enthusiast community has been doing, but I know that a lot of the pictures I've been seeing being posted are using the stock coolers. I mean, mm-hmm. those coolers were actually good enough to keep the 3700X, the 2700X uh, mm-hmm. in check and performing well enough. I mean, yeah, you're not going to be sitting at the top boost bins for extended periods of time like you would with, say, a 360 millimeter rad or something. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't really care that much compared to saving $150 on a cooling solution, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you look at these prices, they're adding an extra 50 bucks and they're not having to include, I don't know how much it costs, a $15 cooler. <laughs> and I mean, at, at the very least, people are going to buy a $50 air cooler to put on top of these things. Maybe maybe they'll, they'll put the, the old 212 on there. Yeah, the the trusty Hyper 212, right? I think finally got a redesign, by the way. Oh, it did? What they do, put a better fan on it, like the Evo? I should take a look at that. It's uh, it's more than just a fan. I think they've uh, re, re, rethought the entire thing, as far as I understand. Now complete with vapor chamber. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, looking at the 
the uh, the fifty six hundred X, three hundred bucks is is hard to swallow for sure. But, it's definitely steep, and it's think- it's a twelve core or it's a it's a twelve thread six core part that is sitting at you know uh, a hair's distance from the the price we're used to paying for the entry level eight cores. It's thirty bucks less than the you know the price we're used to getting for eight cores, and I I think it's a little rough. Well, no, you're you're talking MSRPs. You got to remember prices have been discounted. Oh, I know, I know. I'm I'm trying to be <laughs> fair because this is well, this is MSRP we don't, on launch. We don't day. need to be fair. But, we're we're not talking MSRP because it's not two years ago. It is today, and you can get discounts today. And that's oh, yeah. why the 5600X is even exceptionally hard to swallow because that thing is on sale for less than $200 you know, for the yep. 3600 non-X. Yep. And so you're looking at something that's more than $100 more expensive. It's a third increase. Is that worth the extra gaming performance? Unless if you're probably not for most people, for most people, esports person, yeah, it's probably not. I mean, are you going to notice a difference between that 160 versus 212 or whatever Uh, in League of Legends? Eh, Probably not. I just find the the fact that okay, so you go from the six core, you give 150 bucks to go up to the eight core, but then only for a hundred dollars more, you could get a 12 core and get 50 percent more cores. It just doesn't make sense unless someone only needs eight cores, which I'd argue if you really need eight cores, you could probably use 12. Yeah. If you have enough of a use case to say you need eight over six, you probably have the use case to eventually need the 12 cores in a year kind of the thing. At least you could justify your purchase. Or at least feel better about it. (laughs) Well, justify it to yourself. I've been... I've been seeing the 12 core 3900X going for just circling that $400 mark, right? Oh, my friend, my friend picked one up to do his uh his first build. He spent I think it was $408, $409, something like that. Yeah. So, if you're spending $300 for a 6 core 12 thread, you know, 100 bucks for the last gen 12 core 24 thread is Pretty sweet deal. Of course, you don't get some of the improvements of this gen. Yeah. If gaming is important to you, this 5600X is probably going to be your bread and butter because it's a big jump to that 5800X. Yeah, it's really hard for me. Like, just looking at these SKUs with these pricing, if I'm recommending somebody build a gaming system, you know, what what CPU I'm recommending, it'd be really hard for me to justify telling them to go ahead and move up to the Ryzen 7 because that's a 50% increase in price, but you're not getting a 50% increase in performance. You know, you're not getting even a 50% increase in core count. It's only two more cores. Yeah. So, you know, I guess a nine core doesn't exist, but still. I would personally tell them just get the 3600. It comes with a cooler. It costs a hundred, 150 less than the 5600 X and get yourself an extra $150 of GPU. You know, that will give you more frames. And so all of this is going to be available on November 5th, even. So we still have, that's about two weeks further than I was projecting them to have it ready. So that's kind of a long wait, too. 
there's a lot of people that are just chomping for this 5900X though. I, I know a friend of mine that's actually looking to uh, dump his current CPU and get the, mm-hmm. we haven't talked about it yet, but the, the 5950X, which if we scroll down a little bit, this is their true top of the line that they mentioned. The pricing ends up being $799, also available November 5th. So it does pretty good in the lineup. Which is my birthday, by the way, guys. Buy me something. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone wish him a happy birthday in the comments. It'll be a little premature, but hey. I'll remember. Hopefully a lot of people are getting a new AMD CPU for Alex's birthday. (laughs) Now, if we look at our comparisons versus last gen, if you notice, the base clock actually went down 100 megahertz. And then our boost clocks are up. It looks like 200 megahertz on each SKU. Whether this is a bidding thing or they're just trying to be a little bit more honest with their boost numbers that show up on the box so they don't have that whole debacle of that 25 megahertz problem that they had before. Mm-hmm. The lower base clock, it kind of caught me by surprise, but you know, when have you known the AMD CPUs to ever just sit at their base clock. I know mine doesn't. It actually keeps itself a little boosted, mildly, but still. Mm-hmm. It pretty much whenever it needs it. But it does give it that ability to step back to that base clock and then ratchet further down at the lower C states. So it's probably an efficiency ploy, if I was going to guess. Uh, it could be. I mean, it could also have something to do with the fact that they have seem to have beefed up the uh, FP32 pipeline. So, yeah. from what they said. That way they can account for that extra heat. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. But other than that, everything stays the same. You got your TDP that's the same, your cache sizes. They didn't sneak in any extra cache or anything like that. So, you know, I, I got to say too, I, I'm not really irritated in the price increase on the 5900 or the 5950X because. I mean, let's face it, if you're going to drop 500 bucks on a CPU, an extra 50 bucks, or if you're going to drop, you know, 750, making it $800 is, is not a big deal. And the people who really need this performance, they can justify their own upgrade path for that. You know, it's also for the 5900X, it's a 10% like increase in price versus the last generation's MSRP. Mm-hmm. And it's less than 10% for the 5950X. So it's a smaller increase in price these it's really the 5600x that gets that has to suffer the most here because you know 50 dollars is a much bigger deal uh when you're in these price points oh yeah well i i I also want to uh make the argument and why i think the 5800x is arguably the worst looking one here it's that i don't know a lot of people who did give the premium for the more expensive um eight cores at least last generation I think most people bought them at about 330 350 and they're comfortable paying around that. The, the 450 is is just, it's a lot to ask. But, I mean, a majority of people do buy the 6 cores, so. Well, the 3800X was the one that was kind of shunned last generation because it was deemed rather pointless. The 3700X was just fine. It performed. It was the highest boosting chip, though. For what negligible gains, though? I think pretty much everyone either jumped up to the 12 core, just bypassing that 
3800X altogether, or they just stuck at the 3700X and didn't worry about that little sliver of, a, and just pocketed the difference in price, and, or put it into other components. There was a point where the 3800X was about 20, 30 bucks more than the, the other one, and it, it made sense then. I could see someone doing it then, but I mean, when it's a $70 premium, it's it's a lot. Yeah, it's a big ask. But all these SKUs are just suggesting AMD is just taking profit right now. And honestly, with how bad R&D finances that they've had, it, mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be a good thing for them. I mean, yeah, we're we're ending up having to pay for it, but we were paying Intel before, right? Yeah. Now it's just going to different R&D pockets. And that's not to say it's a good thing that we're just paying more in general for computer parts. Now, I wish it was the other way around, but that's just not the reality we're in. And And I'd like to tell everybody that's a little uncomfortable with this pricing, I would bet that the pricing will get better in a few months. I would say that if you can wait, you should probably should wait. Yeah, when they come out with the other SKUs, then we'll probably see better pricing with those SKUs. To me, the the combination of so few SKUs being announced and then the $50 increase across the board honestly tells me it's not just them wanting to increase their margin. There's something more going on here. I mean, if I had to assume, I would say that they are announcing these right now but they really don't want to be really selling Ryzen 5000 series parts right now. Meaning they are more likely more interested in having, you know, those dies go to server chips early on. And so this is kind of not what I would call a paper launch, but more of a soft launch so they can have, you know, within the calendar year, say they released desktop, you know, Ryzen 5000 series. Uh, but the full-on launch where they actually flood the market with these things won't be until sometime next year. Well, and the human malware probably has not helped their channel much either. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. I, we've seen some difficulties in that from motherboard makers, power supply manufacturers, that kind of thing. <laughs> the other launch, <laughs> what? Uh, uh, what, you, you mean some green video cards or something like that? I I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> that launch was perfect, guys. There's there's just <laughs> supply everywhere. But yeah. moving on back to specifics, I think it's so interesting that the 5950X just gets right below that five gigahertz mark, right? Four point nine mm-hmm. gigahertz is the uh, is the uh, maximum it, boost clock. Y- you know their marketing team was just screaming, right? <laughs> Could you give us the extra hundred megahertz, please? Yeah, I mean, apparently Mark Papermaster said something along the lines of like that they could have aimed for five gigahertz, but it would have affected, um, you know, how many the binning. Like, it, yeah, it would affect the binning, and there would have been fewer available. So they decided this is better. And I mean, if, I actually appreciate the transparency there from him. I wouldn't expect that from you know an executive of his level to actually be talking about specifics and binning like that. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure he gets all the briefings on all of that stuff. Oh, of course. That doesn't mean he has to tell us about it. 5 gigahertz on Ryzen 5000 series. It would have been a a good marketing thing that I'm sure their marketing team was just dying for it. But this process probably just can't do it at the moment. I think we'll see a binned 5000 5 gigahertz part. Lisa Sue Signature Edition? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that one has the golden heat spreader. 
at least golden lettering on the heat spreader, right? No, 14 karat gold. Go all the way. Oh. <laughs> the processor is like 3500 bucks. It deforms under your heat sink pressure. <laughs> I don't know, 14. Yeah, under the yeah, pressure. Yeah, it's pretty maybe. soft. Under the pressure, <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. it's plated. Don't worry about it. Um, I mean, I'm looking over at these other slides and, you know, the the 3950X is getting beaten by the, the newer part and it looks really good. And for the few hundred people that are really looking to buy another 16 core right now, it looks really interesting. But... Believe it or not, there's a lot more people than you think that are looking at these 16 cores. I mean, they are expensive parts, but mm -hmm. people are buying... $1,200 video cards without much thought. Yeah, either. that's that's fair. That's fair. I also want to point out that, yes, it's expensive, but not for professional use. I mean, those people are used to spending thousands of dollars on these things at this point. You know, yeah. You look at high-end desktop. And this will get you right up to the line of Threadripper, but not actually having to cross that threshold into mm -hmm. a, a TRX-40 motherboard. You, you would probably oh, beat some of the cheaper Threadripper chips. Uh, with this thing yeah and Speaking some of thread of there are thread ripper motherboards that cost as much as this 5950x so didn't yeah. there's didn't that you, uh, didn't you review one of those kirk yeah it's didn't a great you? motherboard okay <laughs> yeah so i mean when you sent, what what when, company sent you that that motherboard gigabyte we'll we'll uh, we'll name drop it's a gigabyte oris okay of course i do have the msi creator TRX-40 motherboard, and it does uh, We work. shouldn't speak of them, though. They might scalp that motherboard. It, yeah, uh -oh, we might. Oh, hey. No, no. What? <laughs> low blow, low it's blow. True. They only do that it's for video true. cards through a third party. That's a it's... first party, but still. <laughs> That's a first party. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, we got to throw I mean, the allegedly not... in there. Uh... Sure. I mean, they've already they've already admitted that it was something they did, but it was an error. So, I don't think we have yeah. to be alleged about it. They've taken responsibility. Well, anyone sort of. that wants to bring out your uh, torches and pitchforks for Donnie and Alex, you can do so in the comments below. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I don't want to get sued. <laughs> you know, I have I have no problem name dropping on the podcast. We're just not sponsored by anyone in this podcast at all so hint hint yeah it, there was some people thinking that we were sponsored by nvidia on our last podcast we're not we didn't even get samples so we're actually if anything a little chafed but still neither here nor there i just i just love the being soft on nvidia with a thumbnail of a flaming 3080 <laughs> <laughs> don't never, worry we're gonna make somebody happy you're always gonna make somebody mad so our 3080 system crashed like six times trying to make that thumbnail, right? I mean, it would have if I had one. Exactly. Fictitious <laughs> stories all around. <laughs> back on the back to the topic on hand, though. Um, this is probably one of the more interesting uh, bits of information that they dropped towards the end. The the BIOS updates for Ryzen 5000 series, and they've pretty much well, they have confirmed that. There won't be a 6000 series chipset this time. They they said that all 500 series motherboards will require a BIOS with EGISA uh, 1.0.8.0 or newer for post and boot, which are already available. And that users at launch should upgrade to 
AGISA 1.1.0.0. The, uh, the problem with that is I think we're going to have a bit of the same issues as we had last time, but there won't be a new chipset that people will be able to buy to guarantee uh, that their samples, that their boards will work with their chips on day one, because uh, I, I pulled up some, some info here from each of the motherboard manufacturers, and Asus for the ROG Strix uh, X570E, their most recent BIOS that supports uh, 1.0.8 is uh, August 17th. Gigabytes is... Uh, September 15th, um, ASRocks came out on August 24th, and MSIs came out on September 7th, though on the 29th they did release a beta version that had 1.1.0, uh, so that is technically the day one AGISA that's supposed to be out. And I but think yeah, what we're going to of... see is a lot of at least reputable sellers listing on the board that's being sold itself that it's compatible and that it mm -hmm. has the newer version of the BIOS. Mm -hmm. And it, I think a lot of these boards might have to end up either going back to the manufacturer to get flashed or they're going to be sold with the old BIOS that's incompatible. And so a lot of the people that already have boards that are upgrading, you're going to be fine. Just make sure your BIOS is most up to date with the 108 or the 110 at launch. Yeah, I mean, the the best thing you can do if, if, if it's not plainly stated on the board, like on the box and or the product page is contact the seller, you know, and see if uh, they can confirm that it actually has that support. Or if not, maybe they can flash it themselves. I think some retail channels are actually capable of doing that. I know Micro Center is, for example. I'm not yep. so sure about Newegg, but... Well, Newegg has been kind of good in the past when they've had this kind of a launch before because this isn't the first time this has happened, right? No, not at all. And, yeah. Not at all. Yeah, we've seen it with the old 300 series boards when the 400 series boards were available, but people were wanting to buy the 3s you know, with mm -hmm. the new CPUs, the 2000 series Zen. Everyone was getting some boards that weren't the most recent BIOS and weren't able to run these chips. And of course, AMD also did their little Cedar program where they would send you some cheap four core, whatever, just to get your board booted and flashed and then you'd send it back. Right. Mm -hmm. And Newegg actually stepped up and actually started labeling that this particular item was the most recent BIOS version and that kind of stuff. And so it became a non-issue after a few months anyway, but that there was a pretty hairy transition period where there was a lot of boards being sent back kind of thing. Yeah, I could see them probably making a, a bigger effort with, um, with retail to kind of uh, communicate those messages early on uh, and, and handle that you know, side of things. Uh, they still are. They've confirmed they still are doing the uh, the loaner program, the uh, the BIOS update kit. Mm -hmm. uh, but apparently, they are saying that uh, they don't expect it to be uh, as necessary. Uh, like uh, they don't expect the issue to be as broad as it was before. Well, hopefully, I think now that it's been out for several years, you might know somebody with a Ryzen CPU that you could you know borrow. Knock on uh, knock on wood, it won't have to come to that. But yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's not going to be a common out, but it's going to be another avenue as opposed to, hey, you, you got a buddy with a first-gen Ryzen because you just got a second-gen Ryzen CPU that doesn't work in your board, right? Yep. And usually it was that first-gen Ryzen person that recommended that you buy that second-gen one when it came out because you're just transitioning from an Intel board or something. Although to be a little technical with you guys, 5000 X570 and B550 boards do not support first and second Ryzen Gen CPUs. So you would need a third gen for the B550 or the X570 boards. Yeah, especially once you get those BIOSes flashed up high enough, the ones that did won't anymore. <laughs> so mm -hmm. you, you might end up thinking you break your motherboard when it no longer supports that older CPU when you flashed it yep. to the newest version. Yep. But then you just drop in your new one and it should be good to go. Uh, they, they also said in the slide that the 400 series chipsets uh, are currently in development and customers should expect the first beta releases sometime in January. And this, this just goes to our previous point of we think the real full-on launch is going to be in January. Yeah. There's Although Asus did, and I mentioned this in my article, uh, have a list of refreshed motherboards that are B550 boards uh, that should be coming out at the end of October. B450. B450 boards that should be coming out at the end of October, right before this launch. Those should work out of the box. And if the Asus rep, if I if I heard him correctly, that they should have the latest BIOSes that support these new Ryzen chips. Though I need to confirm that with him again. So don't take this as gold. Here's the thing with the January thing that you're talking about. The one thing AMD can really screw up <laughs> is the Radeons when they actually announce those on the 28th. If mm -hmm. those things are paper launched and if they're not going to be available until end of November or later and then even then lightly, mm -hmm. that's going to be the biggest fall on your face moment of this whole thing because... NVIDIA paper launched for all intents and purposes, right? Barely, mm -hmm. you know, what was it, 20,000 GPUs total between all three of the types? And some stores were only getting 14 cards? Yeah. I mean, you saw that big yeah. leak that dropped that it showed the back end. These are all the cards that we ordered. These are the ones that have been fulfilled. And they mm -hmm. literally only had a few hundred cards show up. And oh, they yeah. were a major retailer oh, yeah. in Europe, I think it was. It just showing how rare those cards actually were, how little stock there was when they launched. And it was just totally a rushed launch, you could tell. And yeah. this, the 5000 series Ryzen's are seeming a little rushed as well, but I think it's more just the lack of stock, right? They wanted to be able to push it back, but they promised that they would come this year. So they, it came this year, right? Mm -hmm. And... I'm just hoping that the Radeons aren't in the same boat because they did give us a little bit of the Radeon thing in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Frank Azor on Twitter kind of alluded to uh, it them not having the same issues that NVIDIA did. Yeah. Uh, whether or not that actually means anything, I don't know, but... They did kind of have this whole thing delayed anyway as it is. Like, they should have had these out sooner this year, but it... it Kind of got pushed back, just like everything this year, right? 2020 yep. has been pretty bad on everyone. So having these not available or in limited quantities like what we've seen with NVIDIA, 
that would be the most detrimental, I think, because they can get a lot of cells, especially with the performance that they showed. Mm -hmm. This is above 2080 Ti performance, and it's nipping at the hills of the 3080. And if they priced this yeah. even 50 maybe $100 cheaper than the 3080, or even the same price, honestly, because you can't buy a 3080 right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they listed at the same price, and if it was more power efficient by, say, 100 watts or whatever, because that's not hard to do when you're talking a 400-watt <laughs> card, right? Then they would be able to just sell these like hotcakes, or at least they should, quite honestly. But we know it from history that they won't, but they should. They should. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, looking at the actual numbers, they obviously they only showed off th three games. Yeah, and these could be the cherry-picked numbers, or even more tellingly, these might not actually be, you know, the, quote, XTX version of the card. This could be a slightly cut-down version. Yeah, I mean, apparently Scott Herkelman from Radeon Technologies Group uh, was in a conversation with Brad Chacos over at PC World. He stressed to him that they did not actually mention which RX 6000 series graphics card was running these benchmarks. Did he use the term model? Because I think it's obvious that it's Navi 21, but I think they didn't say what model or something like that as opposed to just that it was the generic 6000 series. They, they definitely didn't use the term model as far as I could tell. It was just, we you know, he wanted to make sure that you remember that they didn't mention which... RX 6000 series graphics card yeah. was running the test. Yeah, so obviously they didn't use the Lisa Sue edition, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, so, I mean... This is probably one of their better performing, is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, obviously. I mean, she did refer to it as Big Navi, so yeah. that does mean that it is more than likely the Navi 21 die that we've seen from leaks, which is 80... Uh, I mean, that die is ADCUs, whether or not all ADCUs are enabled is another question. But the next biggest die that we know of from the most credible leaks we've seen is the 40CU Navi 22. Uh, I don't think that this uh, was was that, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't the 40. Now, if they have a, a 72 or a 76 cut down version of the 80, that could be what we're seeing here. Yeah. And I mean, either way, whether it's all ADCUs or, you know, some variant of that, uh, the performance that we see here is pretty good. It is not beating the 3080 per se. No, it's 10% behind in some cases kind of thing, depending on what you're looking at. It, it, it's in some cases it could be more. Uh, the problem is it's kind of hard to do a one-to-one -one comparison because you don't know exactly how they did the testing. Uh, and not all testing conditions are going to be exactly the same, but looking at, you know, 3080 reviews where they tested similar games, uh, just uh, in Modern Warfare, uh, I've seen as much as 101 FPS at 4K. So that's, you know, a fair bit faster. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, once I average the results, it, it seems to be like it's uh, around 7% slower on average than the 3080, but also roughly 21% faster than a 2080 Ti. Yeah, which was a, a $1,300 card, remember? <laughs> if we want to use NVIDIA's marketing against them, right? Yeah, so I mean, I think that that at least suggests that the rumors that 
you know, they were originally only aiming for the 3070 in terms of performance isn't true. Yeah, those are nail in the coffin for that for sure. Because if this is indeed, you know, 20 or so percent faster than 2080 Ti, at least at 4K, then, I mean, that's closer to a 3080 than it is to a 3070. As we've seen from mm-hmm. NVIDIA's official numbers, the 3070 at 1440p pretty much ties with a 2080 Ti at best. You know, I mean, once you enable RTX and DLSS, it's a different story, but... yeah. In terms of just pure rasterization performance, it's not faster than the 2080 Ti. Which is what most people are thinking about when you know, they talk about performance. They're not thinking about performance combined with the ray tracing stuff. With how close these are to the 3080 in performance, I have a sneaking suspicion that these are going to be pushed a little past their sweet spot, if you know what I mean. So we're probably going to see something that's a little a little overdone, a little hot, probably benefit from some over undervolting, that kind of stuff. You know, same, same as what people are saying about the 3080, right? Undervolted, it'll work great. This would be the one time AMD can get away with that. Yeah, because the people are saying the same thing about NVIDIA. So, hey, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to do it to NVIDIA. Why not do it with our card? And we actually give you the tool to do it. If they do do that, I just hope that they do it on, like, the top skew so they can say, look at we're here. And then, you know, on the rungs down, they actually aim more for being reasonable. Well, they could do what NVIDIA did and just provide an updated firmware that isn't quite as overclocked after the reviews go out, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I think we're going to see some good things with this. It'll be some strong competition. We're not going to see it beat the 3090. I I don't think we're going to even worry about hoping for that, right? What I'm really most interested in is actually how these cards perform at resolutions that are below 4K. Yeah, because we know the 3080 sucks at that, right? (laughs) to to put it frank well to be fair the 3080 still offers the most performance you can get even at those resolutions yeah but it starts to tie the 2080 ti and things like that it it doesn't scale as well it performs way better at the higher resolutions than it does at the lower and that's what i'm getting at if rdna2 is better at that sort of scaling you we could see a situation where Let's say the 6900 XT, if that's what this is, right, uh, performs slightly behind in 4K versus the 3080. It could end up winning at 1440p or even 1080p. And while, you know, a graphics card in this particular segment may not be aiming for those types of resolutions, gamers who are looking for, you know, 1080p, 360 FPS or whatever, 360 hertz, uh, might end up going with the Radeon part instead because they're actually getting more for their uh, dollar. Mm-hmm. Because Radeon gives you frame limiter at 1080p, whereas NVIDIA doesn't kind of thing. Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, all of this remains to be seen. It's speculation. but And you can do chill and all that other stuff, yeah. too. Yeah. I do want to circle back, though, before we uh, we close this up, uh, to the, the point you guys made about the 5000 series CPUs can be more or less a paper launch or a very soft launch. Whereas the GPUs can't, and I, I think the real reason for that is because, honestly, right now, the 3000 series parts are great, and I, I think we're going to see more price drops on them, and they're going to be very compelling parts that are available. As every day goes on, the 5700 XT and the 5600 XT look less and less compelling. Or the uh, 580, 590. <laughs> yeah. Notice how nobody brought up the 5500 XT? That part doesn't exist. Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah. 
<laughs> if anyone owns one here, I'm sorry that we're like doing this to you right now. I'm, I'm sorry. That pre-built deli you got is fine. Don't worry about it. I actually have one in my work PC, by the way. <laughs> so you're the guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm that one person that bought one. Yeah, here's the work PC. Come on. I mean, you care about the power draw and the, the heat and that sort of thing in there. That makes sense. Yeah, that's why I got it over some of the alternatives. Obviously, if efficiency is what you're worried about, then it's a much better card than the 570 or the 580. But for people who just want the most gaming performance for the money, not very good. The temperature in my office is important. Yeah, it definitely isn't gaming. If that. Well, I would hope you're not gaming at work, unless that's what you're supposed to be doing. I don't know. What do you do at your job? <laughs> uh, not game. Although there okay. is a version of Doom you can get that shows Linux process IDs, and when you shoot a mob, it actually kills the process with a kill dash nine. Oh, great. that's cool! That's so cool. <laughs> oh crap! There's the in based on how much CPU and memory and stuff it's using, the mobs actually get bigger. Speaking of Doom, I've got to buy that DLC they made for for Doom Eternal. I I've got to try to find time to play that in between these product launches good luck with that yeah yeah what's this free time you're talking about i barely have the time to make it to this podcast think fingers crossed i uh i end up getting the um the 5000 series parts and i can give my thoughts on them and you guys could uh, check that out well hopefully we'll get a 5000 series cpu to test with and hopefully we'll get a 6000 series gpu to test with Especially if anyone at AMD is listening right now. We're open. <laughs> we will test these for you. We would like something on our test bench. Absolutely. Um, after our, our uh, shill time, which I'm sure that our listeners absolutely enjoy every time we do it. Is there anything else we want to cover? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if that if that's not telling enough that we're not sponsored or anything like that, we're openly asking for actual sponsors. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I was saying in the, uh, in the discord, how I'm probably going to have to buy a, uh, an 80, a 10, 850 K to, uh, to do the testing against these, these parts. Yeah. Uh, and I said that next time we do the podcast, it's going to be sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. So just be prepared for that guys. <laughs> no, you know, we actually try to keep it very balanced and fair. The fact that we're not sponsored by any particular thing definitely makes that whole questionable side of things no longer an issue because we're just telling you our thoughts on the matter, what we personally feel, what we've seen in the industry as reviewers or myself actually working in the field and everything and giving you our opinion based on their actual performance and use cases and things like that. And there's a lot of times where it makes sense for Intel, NVIDIA, or AMD. And so we'll give you our straight and honest opinion. Intel Samsung uh, sponsors us on the podcast. Intel Samsung, huh? Uh, no, just Samsung. Oh, yeah. Samsung has no skin <laughs> in the game. They just give us our phones, right? <laughs> I mean, you never know. Anything could happen. Yeah, Samsung, if you're listening, no, just kidding. I mean, they, they make gaming monitors. So. I'm actually, I'm actually kind of miffed that they, uh, that they Do didn't they? sample Do me really? for the, uh, the new NVMe drives. Oh yeah, the, they do which, make NVMe, one, don't they? Which one <laughs> yes, is that again? The, the 850. No, the, I think it's the, the nine. Yeah, 850. No, 
No, it's the 950. No, the 950. I'm thinking the new Western Digital PCIe yeah. 4s. They're 850. These guys got to stop using the same numbers. Just give them nicknames like the Fire Cuda and things like, you know, Seagate. I like Best. that. I like that, honestly. What's this? The Lightning. The Dragon Slayer. <laughs> hey, now you're going back to MSI. Hey, back off. <laughs> I mean, I mean, my motherboard does have a dragon that does a break dance on it every 20 seconds. So, you know, there's that. Using RGB, is of course, right? Or a seizure? No, it's not RGB. It's it's the godlike, so it's the little, little cartoon dragon doing a dance. An, an OLED display, a little like 100 by 100 yeah. pixel thing? Yeah, it's cute. It shows you the uh, eBay listings for scalped graphics cards. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I, I swear that's the last one. No, um, it probably I'm won't not be. Gonna tell my, I'm not going to tell the MSI contact about this podcast at all. They're, just, they're not going to hear about it. Anyone in the comments below, if you want to tell them about it, I'm sure Alex would be happy uh... to have his name associated with it. <laughs> I'd put up contact information and everything, like when we uh, say something where you can email Jim. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Stevens at adoredtv.com. <laughs> you guys are killing me. Do <laughs> you think we're killing you? Just wait till your inbox gets populated. I hope they're going to be gift cards for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a, an ironic turn of events, wouldn't it? I, I wouldn't expect that. You it's know. the internet. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be very mean things. It's, it's going to. It's going to be pictures of wangs. <laughs> no, you're probably going to get like waifu body pillow art. I, I'd be okay with that. I'd, I'd prefer that over the wangs. Okay, everyone. There, there's your mission. Send Alex waifu body pillow art. All right. <laughs> Just all right, to repeat is... that, it's alex.stevens at adoredtv.com. All right, guys. I think, I think this has gone far enough. <laughs> you would think that. Of course I would. I want this to end now. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys for joining us and having this discussion. Uh, I think we're all optimistic, a little excited, a little let down with the pricing, but we'll get over it, right? Uh, we'll, we'll get over it when the pricing gets better, for yes. sure. <laughs> and I do expect it to get better as these chips become more available and no longer being directed towards you know, cloud providers and things that are going to get you know these chips first. If if they don't, I'll get my pitchforks with you guys in February. I, I will. Don't worry. Who's going to wait till February? Don't worry. I, I, I hope everyone that's going to jump on these sooner and actually get their chips first are going to thoroughly enjoy them. Let us know because uh, I obviously don't have one. So <laughs> look forward to seeing some of the reviews that will come out. I would expect those to be shortly before November 5th. It will probably hear a little bit more information as time progresses. Of course, we'll see the leaked uh, reviews and things like that. I will definitely not tell anyone that I got a box from a uh, large processor manufacturer two or three weeks before launch. I would definitely never mention anything like that. Yeah, so... Be sure to check out our Discord where he won't mention anything like that and uh, our website, doortv.com, where you'll hear the latest and greatest from us, especially when those reviews start leaking online before the actual launch date. And uh, For the love of God, when you test Ashes of Singularity, turn the internet off. Yes. <laughs> or block or the... Don't. 
block your IP at your firewall or your router, whatever. Just common Just sense. Just plug guys. the cable. There's there's a little secret that I, as a reviewer, like to do myself when I test these things. Uh, it's called go to the back of my test bench and unplug the Ethernet. Really easy. As long as it doesn't report the finals, we're, we won't see anything. But if you do leave it in and we do see something, yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> if you see something, say something. Right. There you go. All right. Well, we will wrap it. Thanks for joining us. Hit the like and subscribe button, and we will see you in the next one.